Blog Talk Radio. Scientific breakthroughs, the unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, uh, another Suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees. Come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Step out that box, you will then see a world that is outside the box. 
as my pen inks. My mind speaks divine bloodlines, abstract concepts, metaphors, and simplistic sublimes. My delivery's okay, but my writing's another time. Zone up its own like honeycombs and armies inside. Of my mind, I think it right, it kick it, then go and hide. In the furrows and the jungles of Jamal's hidden eye. Caught you staring, maybe glaring, still I will not comply. With the status quo, it's freedom, bro, that I hold on high. Hip hop. Holy scripture writers always collide With the masses who wear glasses block envisioned inside If offer glasses with the passes mean that I'm verified Conversely would a failure guaranteed that I'm vilified Choose to reside inside just right Jamal outside county lines For the city limits games that give me sputtering time As fast as camera flashes just to read the symbols and signs The birds and the vines, the bees and trees they all intertwine I live outside the box when my system knocks Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink. I stand naked in me. I live outside the box when my system knocks. Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul. Don't let it sink, I stand naked as me. You sit with your hands on fit the mitt, you're on too long for the outfit. And you come with no permission to certify that you're legit. Face the perils of the pits and the fists of pessimists who suggest that you should quit. Get a job and shovel shit, buy some dope and try to pitch. You got the fever for the flavor, but the flavor leaves an itch. And until you scratch the bitch, as a slave you be as pig. Now take a step into this ditch that you dug, can you dig? We're adults, no longer kids. For mistakes, just consequence and hesitance. Cause cleanse the lens that's been sold by foes and friends. Love for teachers. Preachers kin, like pissing in the wind if you don't start over again and change your thinking. This lesson is about your perception. Your mind is the ultimate weapon. False reality is the ultimate deception. One, two, mic check it, we break it any given second. I live outside the box when my system knocks. Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink. I stand naked as me. I live outside the box when my system knocks. Something abstract, let my mind think before my eye blinks. Watch my dirty soul, don't let it sink. I stand naked as me. Three in the midst of this reality, refuse to be a casualty. So casually, my mind patrols a galaxy where atoms be colliding with themselves and splitting constantly. Explosion and destruction is the birth of creativity. I'm crazy, see, maybe what you think of me Well, I agree, it takes a little lunacy To see outside the fantasy Imagine we remove the canopies, caps and coverings Exposing the true piano keys And play these melodies The people would be pissing levy penalties On enemies and government officials Would be running for the hills And plead the tyranny that you inflict With flip card reciprocity You follow me, hands up in the air And raise them hurriedly, ferociously Emotions be the captain's soul So let them sing a hurt, no blur Vision 2020 peep, planet surfing Mega hurt and free you feeling me, 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 you feeling me. Hip hop twenty three oh one, real hip hop. Classes in session. Get your pad of filter. HJ Robinson. Let's go. 
Look, sucker, I ain't your butler, you help your porter, I bring the rucker, buck ya, I am perfect disorder, peck in order when you're challenging mine, you're not initiated, 33 steps behind, and my fans are not consumers, that's like calling them swines, they are intelligent listeners, none better you find, the spiraling vine like the kundalini snake inside, my spine enlightened mind, yeah the light bulb shines, all night like motel six, no tricks, no gimmicks, I kick real life, no skits, that's it, this is HJ generator, operator, destroyer, the piece, so Nico. Cyclops employer, so prophetic warrior rise from the abyss. Fifth Ellie, close fist, I exist in the dark. So my light can't persist, I'm on some SO. No so uh-huh. kitty rap, so no no. One verse is a college course when I flow the whole right. class shows. H.J. <laughs> Robinson, yes sir. The album, Revolution. Get it now. Available on iTunes, CD Baby, etc., etc. Peace, peace. Good evening. Out there in radio land, cyber land, peace to the world. We're back again for another broadcast of Tips and Tricks Tuesday, live on First World Order Radio. This is Brother Jamal sitting in for the good brother Blackwater, the meta magician. And Today's date is April 18th, 2017. So we are, as the brother says, black at you one more again. want to come and uh, drop a little bit of science this evening. Not going to tarry long. want to touch on something that I think is timely. But first and foremost, send a shout out to Dr. Aileen L. Bay. This goddess Kadira L. Bay. Want to acknowledge again, Brother Blackwater, the Meta Magician, Brother Fahim L. And send shout outs to you, the First World Order listening audience. Thank you for tuning in faithfully every week throughout the week, and also listening to the podcast and uh, on YouTube. Want to make sure that you get over to DrAileenLBay.com so that you can get all of your physical and metaphysical needs met. Everything from literature all the way down to charts, to herbs, jewelry, I mean, you name it, everything that's going to deal with your total person. Get over to DrAileenLBay.com right now. Also, I want to remind you all to uh, get over to my YouTube channel, which is The Gnosis. 
T-H-E, Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, and subscribe. Check out some of the videos that I post. And keep your eyes and ears open for the upcoming website that I mentioned a while ago, mastersofthecosmos.com. It is going to be that business, mastersofthecosmos.com, a very unique website that will be geared towards continuing the efforts that we put forward here on this broadcast, which is basically helping to drive us all towards mastery because we understand that to settle for anything less than masters of the cosmos is uncivilized because that is where we came from and that is where we must return and still go beyond. So this website will be geared towards that. Be a membership website for those who want premium access. Also have a free membership that you'll have access to different research tools, um, other documents, and all other different things, you know, there on this site that deals with my wheelhouse, which is etymology, eschatology, metaphysics, occultism, history, um, sociology, psychology, everything thrown into this goulash, this buffet. You're going to find it here on this site, mastersofthecosmos.com. Look for that to lunch on May 1st. May 1st. We want to lunch just around one of the solids. And, you know, that's one of the key ones. May 1st. All right. And before I go any further, I have to acknowledge my lovely wife who supports and stands not behind but beside a brother through thick and thin. Acknowledge my mother. Acknowledge my children. You know, you don't find many people that you're going to encounter who will show unconditional love in this world. That word love is thrown around and utilized so loosely, you know. Oh, I love, I love you. I love us. I love, you know, love, 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 love. And it's just, it's just like a, a comma or a apostrophe. You just throw it around. But in your life, you're not going to find a whole lot of people who are going to show genuine, unconditional love. So I just want to make sure I acknowledge those people before we move forward. So tonight, I want to deal with this topic of the anatomy of social media. The anatomy of social media. And um, I want to try to give a historical as well as philosophical, I guess, background or 
foundation for this conversation. So, you know, bear with me if you're familiar with the broadcast. You know, I I like to lay the footing and then put the frame of the house up so uh, we can link everything together. But I want to talk about this anatomy of social media. I think it's a timely conversation to have about this social media thing because it's, 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 it's going bananas. Um, but before I get into that, I have one more thing I need to address. I want to send a shout-out to all the people in Indianapolis, Indiana, because this is the first time I've been back home since the lecture. We went up to Indianapolis on the 8th of April and had a good time. The audience was very responsive. They were alert. They were hungry. They were coming up to the table. I had all the books laid out. They were coming up to the table, uh, writing down books, you know, which is what you want to see, taking notes. But what really, really stood out the most in Indianapolis during that lecture experience, you know, we talked about um, awakening minds, cracking the Bible code was the, the subject, were these children. Three in particular. There was a young man named Morgan and two little girls named Parker and Paris. And these children were no older than 13. It was 13 and down. And I'm talking about utter genius. Paying attention. I ask a question. They give an intelligent answers. So what that said to me was this, that we have, truly do have star children and indigo children, uh, these other terminologies they use, rainbow children and so forth. No, that's, that's a real phenomenon. We truly have great old ones who are back on the planet, old souls who have been through several cycles of reincarnation and who are back for the last cycle. I mean, they they are here. They are here. And it was kind of eerie just a feeling, a good kind of eerie, not a bad eerie, but it's like, ooh, you know, like, wow. Maybe eerie is not the right word. It was... uh awe-inspiring to hear them speak. And it also says something, too. It says that in the canonized Bible, there's a passage that says, you must come as a child to enter the kingdom. I'm paraphrasing. They epitomized that because, see, they had no pretentious hang-ups they had no agendas. They had no full cup that needed to be empty. So there's the old Zen Buddhist saying, I can't teach you Zen until you empty your cup. Their cups were empty. 
they were willing vessels just to just to learn. And by them being those willing vessels, they just absorbed everything I said and were spitting it right back. Now, we often hear some people say, well, you know, the people ain't ready for that. Oh, you're trying to be too this and that. People ain't ready for this. They ain't ready for that. And I always argue that that's a bunch of crap. One, I'm not going to speak for people's intellectual acumen. And I'm not going to assume that people ain't ready to go to certain depths until each particular person shows me that. What those children prove is that if a person wants to know, they can and will know. Tonight we're going to talk about this social media and how it, some of the effects it is having and the purpose behind it. Um, but one thing on the positive side of this era where everything's open, information is abundant. That means that there is no excuse for anybody to be deaf, dumb, and blind in this time that we're living in. The scrolls are open. The secrets are revealed. The knowledge is abundant if you want it. Now, if you want to stay in the dark, asleep, in whatever little box that you put yourself into, then you do that because each of us has that right. But let's not assume that everybody else wants to stay asleep because you keep hitting snooze on your alarm clock. And those babies, those babies that sit out there, proof is in the pudding. Oh, you can learn. So I want to send a shout-out to all the people up there in Indianapolis. Um, I enjoyed myself. Hoping all of you all did. I got good feedback, and we are looking forward to coming back and really shutting it down. I want to send a uh, shout-out and thank you to Sister Zeta for orchestrating this event to Brother Ed for getting us up there safe and sound, getting us up there and back home. Um, and everybody else who was integral in getting this thing together. So, all right, let's not tarry any longer. The anatomy of social media. The great secret held by secret societies is that you are the original link back to the divine source. That's one of the great secrets that they hold. In other words, the secret is you. You are the secret. Okay, you are the link back to the divine source or the universal mind or the mother father. You are the 
source, to the source, the link to the source. Now, that also means that you are the key to humanity fulfilling its destiny. Melanated man and woman, you are the key for all of humanity. That's right. Even the white man. Everybody is dependent on you and I. Because everything down here being put into this stew or this alchemical equation to bring about this final smooth piece of stone, this final smooth ashlar, this philosopher's stone, and especially the melanated man and woman here in the Western Hemisphere. The whole world, the cosmos, is waiting on you. Now, what I have just said is a well-known, not theory, not opinion, but fact. And this is what the whole New Age movement does not want to admit. See, although you are the key to unlocking the door, see, because a particular group of people were sent down here on a very, very, very low frequency because it was created out of a low frequency. It wants to survive and it wants to rule. Okay? So it can't accept a destiny that says you cannot be in charge. You cannot be absolved but you have to be dissolved. Dissolved. That means you have to be absorbed back into the greater substance or the greater the greater reality. That's the only purpose you have is to be reabsorbed, dissolved back into the nothingness. So this whole New Age movement is geared towards trying to talk around that, trying to use the understanding that the mind is all, trying to create another reality outside of that which all of these ancient texts has been alluding or leading up to or prophesying about. This time when everything has to come back to the core, to the center. That's why it's very good as a quote-unquote black person to have an Afrocentric background before getting into studying metaphysics and uh, uh, esoteric science and so forth. And I, I, I'm very thankful that my father helped plant seeds of that Afrocentric mindset early on. I don't know a time 
in my life that that wasn't there because I was raised up in that. What that did was gave me a foundation and an identity and an, a sense of importance, which is key. Because when you're talking about uh, your footing being pulled from up under you, your rug being pulled from up under your feet, you got to first get your feet up under you before you can stand up. Now, the problem with the whole Afrocentric thing is that many people get stuck right there. They get stuck. And I've been through that where it was when I was really getting serious about studying, every book that I got was, this is the one. This is the one. I got it now. I got this all figured out. Then I'll get another one and be like, oh, no, 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 this is the one. Until you finally realize that what you got to do is keep digging. This is an ongoing research project. So by having that that foundation and then moving into these higher studies of the metaphysics and the occultism and esoteric religious study and so forth, you have a firm identity of your place, not just in the world, but in the cosmos. And you know that all this stuff has to all circle back to you. Now, what these New Age people do, there's one particular guy. I watched some of his stuff on YouTube. He's a prime example. He'll take you to India and talk about Krishna. He'll go to China and he'll talk about Confucius or he'll talk about Buddha. He'll talk about, he'll go to Persia, and he'll talk about Zoroaster. Every now and then, he might just sprinkle and just barely touch on horse. Oh, he'll definitely take you to Sumer and talk about the Anunnaki. And, but they have to be aliens. So this is the key. This is a game. And you got this huge, big old continent called Africa. You got this huge, big old continent called South America, or called America proper, which is the whole thing. Bypasses all that. That's the game. So the 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 the, the secret, and there's a reason why they strategically bounce around the map like that because they know too. The secret is that it all comes back to you. You are the wild card. You are the trump card. So the modus operandi of these people has always been to Remain in close proximity, but yet maintaining a safe distance. Get close, but not too close. Don't get so close that you get sucked in. 
all right? Because the goal is to observe and to siphon energy. Hmm. Now, when I say siphon energy, that sounds like a form of vampirism. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Get just close enough to where you can observe and to leech and latch on to this energy source and pull on it. What is known is that within your blood is a concentration of the most precious jewels in the cosmos. In your physiological blood, there's a combination of the most precious jewels in the cosmos. Let's go to this very familiar passage here. In Ezekiel Where it Speaks to this Ezekiel 28 And 13 You were in Eden The garden of God Every precious stone was your covering The ruby, the topaz And the diamond The beryl, the onyx, and the jasper The lapis lazuli the turquoise and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you on that day that you were created. They were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers. All right, we'll stop right there. Notice it says all these jewels was in you, in you, not on you, but in you. Now, this is talking about Lucifer. This is the story of one one of the accounts of him being kicked out of, quote, unquote, heaven. But what it actually is talking about is you. This is the story of the jewels or the UL, where you get Yuletide, Yuletide at Christmas, because Santa Claus comes down. Santa Claus is the equivalent of Lucifer, who possesses the Jewels, the Jews, not Jewish, but the Jewels, the real Jewels, or Yule. And notice, if you count, there are nine jewels that are laid out. One, ruby. Two, topaz. Three, diamond. Four, beryl. Five, onyx. Six, jasper. Seven, lapis lazuli. Eight, emerald. Oh, and nine, turquoise. Nine jewels, but they're set in gold. Very, very symbolic passage there. Now, those scriptures mentioned a goal, like I said, that these are set in gold. Now, that gold denotes the mind. Being that 
Gold serves as a conductor, a conductor of energy. So if you can align yourself with this scripture here and see yourself as this talking about you and what is inside of you, what is inside of your blood, then you can see that if you possess all of this, then the goal has always been to keep you asleep. I know that you have all these jewels and you possess all of this. The last thing I want you doing is, one, to become aware of it, and two, to use it. I need you to stay unaware and incapable or incapacitated when it comes to using it. All right? Show you what I'm talking about. This same passage here, I want to keep reading. I stopped it in 14. It says, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain. That's the same story as Superman, thrown from Krypton. All right. Now, cast. From the mountain, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Uh, all right. Now, let's 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 move from that and let's go to Revelations. Let's go to Revelations thirteen and eight. And who dwell on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the lamb who has been slain. That lamb that was slain, this is a piggybacking on the last broadcast we did about the trickster. That lamb that was slain is talking about the same character here in Ezekiel, Lucifer. This is the slaying of Lucifer. All right? The lamb is also Christ. Now, what was the outcome to be for this slain energy that existed in another dimension and was put over here into this dimension? What was to be done with it? We're talking about these are creation stories. This is Ezekiel account, creation story. Here in Revelations, what, what I just read about the lamb, creation story. And what I'm about to read you now is another creation account. Revelations 20, chapter 20. The heading for this chapter is Satan bound. But listen to it. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years, threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Now, this is powerful. 
whole bunch of symbolism in this, and we're going to break it down and decode it. First of all, 20 and 1, it starts off, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss. Now, what I'm going to do is show you a breakdown of the word angel. Because we think we know it because we've been trained to interpret words based on just the connotative association. We 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 associate angel with you know little white wings and halo on the head and little trumpets and little choir going, oh, let me show you when you go to Strong's Concordance and look up the different Hebrew representations of the word angel. It starts off, you get Bahio, Hayo, strength, capability, skill, valor, wealth, army, troop, warrior. Okay. Then we see another representation is Hull, H-U-L. To swirl, turn, fall. Hmm. But you say, okay, that's not a big deal because we know we know angels can be good or bad. You know, there's there's light angels and dark angels, or you know, archangels and fallen angels. Okay, so that's not a big deal. But then we have another word, halhala, which means anguish, pain, trembling. Hmm. That sounds very similar to the Norse uh, name for, I guess it's their somewhat their underworld called Valhalla. Hebrew, Halhalla. Norse, Valhalla. So let's keep going so that we can get a better understanding here. Mahol. There's another Hebrew word, circle dancing, round dancing. Mahola, same meaning. Fold, to make fall, slide, hence to trick, deceive. Then we go to our Proto-Indo-European roots, and we find one for uh, circle, since circle is associated with angel, to bend, turn, move around. Then angle being something bent or curved. So what am I getting at here? That this angel, this angle that is being referenced here in this story from Revelations 20 is actually talking about Yahweh. Yahweh is an angel or an angle of light that comes down to trap or bound Satan or bind Satan. Look at it. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding the key of the abyss. Now, angel can be a, angel can be associated with circle. 
circle then would be a hollow place, which would be abyss. Had the great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. You got to really use your right side of your brain and stretch to see what this is really saying here. This is a creation story. And the, the way that you can understand what this is saying, you read other things. Like I mentioned in the last broadcast, if you study the Superman story, Superman name is Kal-El. Halel, Kal-El. Kal-El means curse. That's the Hebrew word for curse. He's cursed. He's Satan. He's falls down from Krypton. That means he died as in he was in another world and he died there and came into this world. Same story in Ezekiel 28, 13. Same story in Revelations 13 and 8. Same story in Revelations 20 and 1. We're talking about the story of melanin that existed somewhere in another dimension and fell into this and was locked inside of a cell. That's the story of you. But see, it can be hidden by putting that 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 stain on it of Satan, because that's all, that's an archetype in our in our brain. Oh, that's the bad guy. But Satan, you got to look at just the word Satan. Sat on. Anubis. On means first. Sat means essence. First essence. Sat on. Set. Set, the first that set down, that came down. Law means to come down. The first law that came down, which is your Torah. Torah represents Satan. The first law that came down. Satan was locked up. The devil. Devil is anagram for lived. That means something that lived somewhere else and got trapped over here. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil. That means lived. And Satan, that means Anubis, or the first one, the opener of the way, and bound him for a thousand years. Now, that thousand years is very significant because thousand really means one, as in whole. Now we're coming to get, we're going to bring this thing home. This year is 2017. Two plus one is three. Three plus seven is ten. Ten is one. Whole. This is the year that we are supposed to get free, unbound. Yes, us. You. Your story has been cloaked in that of Satan. That is your story. 
what better way to hide it from you? If I've already got you convinced that this is the bad guy, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. All I know is I want to be on the on the lower side and but then even the character who says that I'm this God in the book in Isaiah forty five and seven says, I create the good and the evil. I the Lord do these things because Lord means potential. Potential is the whole spectrum. So if I can get you to cut out dealing with the satanic aspect of the spectrum, I can always leave you cut in half just like Osiris's body or cut in pieces because you don't see the whole aspect of you. This story is talking about melanin and melanated people because the melanin got pulled down here into this three-dimensional reality into something called a cell. So, this same story harkens back to the Babylonian creation myth that deals with Tiamat. See if I can find it. Tiamat is a a, a great mother figure. And um, she's overthrown by her grandchildren. But there's a particular passage, let's see if I can find it, where it references how um, she, when she recognizes that she is under attack, she releases these, here we go. Another name for Tiamat is Mother Chuba, okay? So it says here, Mother Chuba, the creator of all, provided irresistible weapons. She also brought into being 11 kinds of fierce monsters, giant serpents, sharp of tooth, bearing fangs, whose bodies were filled with poison instead of blood, snarling dragons clad with terror, and of such lofty stature that whoever saw them was overwhelmed with fear, nor could any escape their attack when they lifted themselves up. Listen to this. When they lifted themselves up. Black man, black woman, vipers and pythons, and the Lakamu, hurricane monsters, raging hounds, scorpion men, tempest furies, fish men, and mountain rams. These she armed with fierce weapons, and they had no fear of war. What this is talking about is this great mother figure, Tiamat. This story parallels with the story of Satan being chained down. Tiamat is on the verge of being consumed and destroyed by Murduk, all right? But before she meets her demise, she releases these demons, and it's 11 of them, demons. What is being described is talking about melanin. Now, see, this is a t- they're describing these hideous manners to throw you off because what it is trying to say is that something that exists beyond 
our understanding or our grasp within a three-dimensional reality is going to appear to be monstrous and 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 hideous and uh, anything else negative you can think of because we are looking from the paradigm of the conditioning that we're in. It's just like if you were to see a brain outside of a skull just laying on the table, you'd be like, that's some nasty, gross stuff. But but then somebody tell you, that gross piece of mass there is what gives you the ability to function, to squat, bend, stand, run, so forth, to think, to raise your hand up to your mouth. That little ugly mass of gelatinous, gooey stuff is what you need to just basic function. But see, because you haven't seen anything like that, it looks hideous to you. Well, that's what this story is describing right here. These things were released, and these are the equivalent of what in Ezekiel 28 and 13 are these jewels that are inside of Lucifer, beryl and onyx and lapis lazuli and turquoise and diamond. These are the jewels. But that number 11 is very significant because we know we also have 11 Apollos, major deities, 11 major deities in the Apollo Mayombe pantheon. And as we talked about after the Super Bowl, we had this whole big interview of Julio Jones at the beginning of the, of the pre-Super Bowl broadcast on Fox. And Julio Jones wears the number 11. And he was the man that they were worried about stopping because this, this, this dude is a, he's a, a, a man-child. And the whole ritual was around him because their counter for him was a little Jew named Edelman who wears number 11 for the Patriots. So this 11 had to be sacrificed, which was the equivalent of knocking the towers down. He had to be sacrificed, and they raised theirs up, saying that we have taken the control of that. They know all about all this mythology. They know it. Because when we were in Indianapolis, we were fortunate enough to get inside of the Grand Masonic Lodge of, of Indiana which they said, we don't do public tours. But divine judgment said, no, we're getting up in there. And one thing the white dude said, he's trying to bullshit us the whole time, you know, oh, all those Dan Brown books are trying to make it like we're in the conspiracies. We're just a bunch of guys. And we just, just, we just went right along like some dumb Negroes where you're supposed to do it and let him keep talking, feed his ego. He give you little jewels here and there. He says, one thing we're very, we take very seriously is ritual. We take our rituals very serious. Now, take what he said. He's a low-level uh, mason. I don't know if I call him Blue Lodge, but he's low-level mason. But magnify that by 100 or 1,000. If he's saying that at that level, 
than your more elite people, they echo the same sentiment. They take ritual very serious because the word ritual means arrangement. They are arranging things using our minds. So they had to sacrifice Coolio Jones, which brings me back to this. Listen to this headline on Yahoo. It came off of Yahoo. This new Supreme Court judge has just been sworn in, Gorsuch. The headline reads, Gorsuch dives into the fray at first Supreme Court arguments. Now listen how this thing opens up. Justice Neil Gorsuch dived into, listen to the word, dived. Let me go back to the scripture. In, in uh, Revelations 20 and 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding the key of the abyss. Abyss is a bottomless, bottomless uh, pit, basically. Now, let me go back to the headline. Justice Neil Gorsuch dived into the public side of his new job. They're echoing that abyss. I mean, they're hearkening to back to the same thing. These people work in ritual. So this this writer here with Washington Post, or I guess what, or, or the AP writer here, um, everybody's everybody's on code, piping up early and often as he took his seat on the Supreme Court bench. That's Osiris for the first time to hear arguments. The new justice waited just eleven. Minutes before asking questions in the first of three cases. Now, do you think that's just coincidence? Eleven minutes. That's how subtle they move. That's ritual right there. And that's been the code for this year. They have got to destroy that eleven. Because this year is the year that that 11 is supposed to wake up those monsters with those fangs, those demons, those goblins, those ghouls. They're supposed to wake up because this is the thousand year. This is one, the year of one. They're supposed to come back together and break free from the pit. So that's the foundation I wanted to lay for our conversation about the anatomy of social media. Comes down to this. These demonic things I'm talking about, it ain't really nothing spooky. It's just very creative ways of describing the principles or the the, the properties of this substance called melanin. The force. These properties need to be kept dormant. That's what it boils down to. They need to be kept dormant and need to be kept asleep. Okay. The latter 
what I've just spoken about represents, of course, your sleeping soul. Those monsters and all that all, all combine to form the soul. And this is talked about in Matthews 8 and 24. Very familiar scripture. Matthews 8 and 24. It says, And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Bottom line is, a storm is breaking out on the sea, and Jesus is asleep in the belly of the fish, or the, the belly of the ship. Same story of Jonah, since I said fish. Jonah in the belly of the whale. Same story. He's in the abyss. He is Satan chained down in the abyss. So this story is an end time story. Jesus is on the sea. He's in the ship, in the belly of the ship. Jonah is in the belly of the whale. That's an end time story. And then he emerges. That time is right now. It is upon us right now for the reemergence. And this is why certain avenues have to be kept in check to make sure that we keep them asleep. You've been closely monitored for over 150 years now because this information has been known to them for at least that amount of time. This information about you waking up at a, at a certain time. So they have been monitoring you and I and looking for signs of you waking up, and then enacting different protocols to subdue that and to try to keep you asleep. They developed two very important academic disciplines amongst the others. I'm not saying that these are the only, but these I want to highlight these two. These two disciplines really focus on this. It's psychology and sociology. Now, these two fields are very symbiotic. It's hard to separate psychology from sociology. Psychology is working with how you think, the composition of your mind. You know, I'm just doing a real simple layman's definition. Sociology is how you relate and associate with others, all right? The reason it's hard to separate those two is because the way you think affects the way you interact. But then the way you interact affects the way you think. That's why psychology and sociology are always forever intertwined. And these two fields, as well as philosophy, with this, you know, different subsets, have been used to guide aspects of your life that you wouldn't even normally associate it with. 
psychology and sociology have been used in technology, advertisement, law, economics, politics, education, health and wellness, religion, entertainment, fashion, and and so forth and so on. You're using psychology and sociology because you figure out how people think, how they interact, and you know how to sell them stuff. You see how people think, how they interact, you levy laws to keep them further in control. You see how they think, how they interact, you control the money. So if you you see the thinking's going a certain way, we're going to move the money this way so that their, their thought process will move this way. Politics, same thing. Education, oh, that's a no-brainer. Directly affecting how you think and how you interact. All comes back. I'm building to this. We're still talking about the anatomy of social media. I want you to see the ingredients that go into this thing, this social media thing, and, and, and how it's laid out. Now, another key thing we've got to think about is just information, period. How important information is. So let's look at some things here. We're going to take a little historical trip here. We're going to go fast. We'll zoom through this. The Roman Empire, which became prominent at the beginning of the what's called the Common Era, introduced something very sinister to the world, an outright disrespect for knowledge. That's what Rome introduced. Whereas Alexander was a raging madman, you know, Alexander, the, 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 the Grecian commander or whatever, he still had a respect for knowledge. He had a respect for knowledge. You know, of course, he had stolen so much from ancient Kemet, but he still stored it in a library. He had a respect for knowledge. But what the Romans came and did was they burned down that library. That, I have to say, is the first recorded world history of just outright disrespect for knowledge. Roman Empire. The next most damning step by the Romans would be taken in the 4th century of the Common Era with something called the Council of Nicaea. And this was the opening effort to canonize and create the Bible as we know it, as they went cherry-picking through all the ancient scriptures. Now, what they did was they set a precedent. To control people, you need to control information. And this method of control continues to this day. To control people, control information. Another major step in world history involves the invention of the movable type press, or what's called the Gutenberg Press, 1439. 
Now, this invention exploded and introduced the concept of mass media. That is, that's very key. Very, very key. Understand how powerful mass media, because our subject tonight is the anatomy of social media. So social media is mass media. It is the apex of mass media. So we see an emergence of it in 1439 with this Gutenberg press. When you talk about mass, you're talking about gross. So whereas, you know, a person might have uh, might have had some uh, some note that they carry. I can't I can't remember the, the official title they gave to it. Where you have your 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 person uh, ride with this information to carry it. Your your original carrier take it over to some other land to deliver this message. You know, or a few people had some. Uh, handwritten uh, scribed book or whatever. This was now an invention that allowed for mass production of information relative to the time that that was in. Now, you also got to understand the time frame relative to what's going on in the world. When I say 1439, what's going on in Europe in 1439? Europe is on the verge of running the Moors out of out of Europe. They've been in a stupor now for over a thousand years called the Dark Ages. And now they have learned enough from their mothers and fathers and feel like they're starting to get a little more gumption about themselves, and they're going to try to push them out. We're also at the verge of something called the Renaissance. So now you're starting to see more science, more spirituality, uh, more law. All these different things now are starting to gel in Europe, and they're taking the stance of, we don't need you niggas. We know how to bathe now. We just choose not to. So now they're trying to push them out. So that's why you see these things start to come up. Now let's move on. 1517, Martin Luther pins his 95 Thesis, this maniac. This starts the so-called Reformation movement, all right? 1531, another maniac, Henry VIII, breaks from the Catholic Church and becomes head of the Church of England why? Because he just wanted to divorce his wife, but she couldn't produce no male heir for him. Why do I cloak those two together? Because these are two integral components in the creation of the Protestant Christian movement. All right? Now, why is Protestantism so important? Because Protestantism introduced something called the calling. The calling. I talked about this when we went to Indianapolis. The calling is the greatest hustle on the planet. Let me tell you how this thing works. The calling says that if I make a million dollars an hour 
and you only make a penny, and you out here scrubbing floorboards and scrubbing walls and toilets for a penny, that's the position you're supposed to be in, and you're supposed to do your absolute best at scrubbing them toilets and scrubbing my floorboards, even though I'm oppressing you because you are fulfilling your calling. That's some that's a cold hustle. You think a pimp got some game. Ain't no game like the church. You are fulfilling your calling. The Lord called on you to wipe my ass for me. In the name of Jesus. 1611, King James, the raging homosexual, authorizes the King James Bible. Another major step in mass media, because this Bible, as you know, is the best-selling book in world history. All right? 1636. Harvard University is founded. Now, what's so important about Harvard? Now, I'm trying to just, just bear with me because I'm giving you the foundation historically to see how we build up to where we are today, all right? 1636, Harvard is founded in Massachusetts, all right? They're basically considered to be a Unitarian college. Now, why is that so important? Because all around everywhere else, everybody else has this Protestant or another version of Protestantism where they feel like they got to fulfill their calling and so forth. But when you're talking about Unitarian, you're talking about the deist. And that means that their idea of God is and, and, and the divine is, well, whatever I make out of my situation is my God. This is what Ben Franklin was, Thomas Jefferson. Your so-called founders were deists. So do you see how this thing works? You give the people another version, and the rulers always know or got the real esoteric stuff is what they're dealing with. Because the deism is basically esoteric Christianity. What I'm building up to is how your thoughts and your whole way you think has been has been shaped, cultivated, not just in your lifetime, but for hundreds of years before you, so that it's been molded into your DNA. Mind control. We ain't got to think about Montauk Point and MK Ultra. No, we're talking about in your DNA, coming out your mama's womb under mind control. Sixteen sixty-two, Pope Gregory the Fifteenth established the College of the Propaganda Fide. Now, do you know how significant that is? The Catholic Church invented the word propaganda. It was invented by the Catholic Church. Propaganda 
means to sell, create an idea, and sell it. Straight up bullshit manufacturing. The origin of the real fake news. Do you see how we get to where we are today? Facebook put up this whole, Facebook put up all these things about how to report if you encounter fake news. And if you study, you'll find where fake news begins. The Catholic Church invented a damn word to deal with just being fake called propaganda and created a whole college, the College of Propaganda Fide. Now, you're talking about, again, I talked about sociology and psychology. You learn how people interact and you learn how people think. Let me show you an example of sociology and psychology mixed. 1687, you have something break out called Bacon's Rebellion. Poe whites, so-called Native Americans, indigenous blacks form a coalition and go to mount up against these land-grab pilgrims who had come over here. What did the pilgrims do? And these are the same people I'm talking about, these deists, you know, your yeomen. What did they do? They introduced colorism officially because they told the white boys, you see something in common between you and I? We both look alike. Why are we fighting? It's these scoundrels over here that we need to be checking. And that is how they quelled Bacon's Rebellion, played the colorism game. Sociology and psychology have been used throughout history to maneuver and manipulate people and to program things into their DNA. 1701, the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel in Foreign Parts. Write this shit down. 1701, the Church of England creates the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel in Foreign Parts to go out here and proselytize and teach about the bountiful goodness of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, and to soften up land for us to go and grab it and colonize it, rape and pillage. Now, let's buckle in here now, because now we're going we're gonna, to we're going to start rationing a little closer, get a little closer up to where we're going. Four industrial revolutions, all right? First one begins in the 1750s, dealing with iron, textile, steam engine, and that goes through the 19th century. Now, what I want you to understand about that is that your education system here in the United States is budding at that time. And the purpose of the education system is to teach children just how to read just enough, how to count just enough 
to go and work in a factory. We're talking about psychological and social conditioning. Remember, our topic is the anatomy of social media. I am showing you how we get to where we are right now. Stick with me. 1870 through 1914, the second industrial revolution. Steel, oil, electricity, electric power used to create mass production. All right? Now, at this time, you got all these new technologies emerge. You got radio, you got Morse code, you got the telegraph. All these things merge, emerge during the second industrial revolution. Third Industrial Revolution, 1980s, that's the digital age. That's just your Steve Jobs. This is your uh, Bill Gates. This is your Dell, uh, IBM, because you get the PC, the Internet, info and communications technology. I was in college in the 90s, and I remember it was like, oh, go and get you a job in telecom. Telecom, telecom. All right. Now, this is where it gets real. We are now in the fourth industrial revolution. And what is the protocol? Augmented reality. So you got all this stuff about the Mandela effect. Oh, Chick-fil-A used to be spelled this way, and Oscar Mayer used to be Oscar Meyer. Let me tell you what's going on. You have people who are purposely changing things. You know, on the Internet, you can go and erase. They, can, they are masters of erasing and, and creating history. So the goal is for you to get to a point where you start to wonder what the hell is real because the fourth industrial revolution is augmented reality. That's why at the end of last year and this year, all of a sudden, they shitted on Allen Iverson. And all of a sudden, it's all about Allen Iverson. He's back in the news. Why? Because it was another ritual. His initial is AI. It had nothing to do with Allen Iverson. It's all about artificial intelligence. They speak in code. Augmented reality, artificial intelligence, representing the new ways which tech becomes embedded within societies and even the human body. That's a quote I took off the Internet. We're talking about robotics, artificial intelligence, nanotech, biotech, and I got to look this up, the Internet of Things. 3D and 4D printing and autonomous vehicles. That's what the business is. That's the current, what's popping right now. All right, so let's keep moving. I want you to read. I want to read something, something I mentioned the last time I was on here when we talked about the trickster. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Now, I want y'all to just going to cook your noodle right here. Social media was created as a mechanism for Herod to sift out Christ and destroy it. I told y'all this the last time it was on. The story of the birth of Jesus is an end-time story. That is not a historical story from the past. That is future prophecy. And they were prophesying about right now, not tomorrow. I'm talking about right now. That story about King Herod, that was a future story. Social media was created to flush out Christ. Listen to this scripture again. Gathering together all the chief priests, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Michael Dale, Elon Husk, whoever else you can think of, all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. That's what social media is for. Let me go to another. Let's go to Matthews 2 and 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. We're talking about present time, slaying all the male children, trying to find Christ. What did J. Edgar Hoover say? We must mobilize and neutralize the rise of a black messiah. But the great thing about it is that the messiah never was one person. <laughs> it never was. Bebe's kids. We don't die, we multiply. Returning to psychology and sociology, it gives people the illusion of power and prominence. What am I talking about? Social media. Social media gives people the illusion of power and prominence. This is a mechanism to help sift out the Christ or keep the Christ asleep. 
You give people the illusion of power and prominence. Here's an example. When I was younger, see, I'm old enough I still remember this. When I was younger and you made Friday night's uh, sportcast on the, on the Friday night news, oh, man, you can tell you nothing. I was on TV. Man, did you see me? Or if you, you saw, or, or if you made the newspaper the next morning, Saturday morning, they got you, you know, flying uh, through the air to tackle somebody. Front cover of the sports section. Well, what social media has done is that that stuff is not as. Um, awe-inspiring now because it has given the illusion that everybody can be a star. And I'm not talking about an esoteric, occult star. I'm talking about this superficial, exoteric, external representation of, oh, I'm somebody. I'm a star. I'm a celebrity because I got so-and-so followers on Twitter. Oh, I got this many subscribers here and there. This is a way to keep humanity in the sunken place. Everything down here is supposed to transcend, all right? Even Europeans. Everything has to transcend down here. If that was not the case, the Moors would not have taught them. Everything has to transcend. The problem is that these people who are the result of these thought forms, these people cannot settle with the idea of a reality where they are not in control. It's, it's not about we're going to run around here with hatchets and cut off every white man and white woman's head. It's about the fact then that the cosmic law says that they have to be absorbed back into the greater, more dominant energy source which is us. But what these people have decided is if I can't have it my way, then I'm going to just destroy it or I'm going to figure out me a way where I can still be on top. So they want to hold humanity collectively in uh, an amber stasis, a holding pattern. Get the movie Dark Crystal. Bobby Heeman always was high on this movie. Get the movie Dark Crystal. Because Dark Crystal was a bold movie because they really showed at the end what's going to happen. Those sketches who were the ones who had been trying to drain the essence of the Greflin at the end, they ended up getting absorbed back into the original source. But see, that's the greatest fear of this elite European mindset is that I don't want to exist somewhere where I'm not in control. So he has to make sure that people stay in the sunken place. And what these things are are thought forms. Everything, Kabbalion. The mind is all and all is mental. So this universal mind produced these thought forms, these low-level, low-vibration thought forms. Now let me tell you what they're doing 
to help freeze this reality and hold this stasis. They are attacking the institution of critical thinking. Now, I know people say it's all about knowing and knowing, knowing, and gnosis. I even call myself the gnosis. But let me tell you something. If you can't think first, you can't have no damn knowledge. I don't care what nobody say. If your faculties of thinking are shut down, you cannot attain knowledge. Thinking is the balancing of the scales that allows for knowledge to enter. Many of us are severely lacking knowledge because we just can't think. You know what we do instead of think? We just react. Now, let me bring this thing home now. A story goes out on social media about some girls missing in Washington, D.C., and the first thing that happens is that we race to see who's going to be the first one to put out the most visceral Indicting meme about white America. How juvenile is it to think that you are making some impact with some goddamn memes? Put up a picture of some movie star that you like and then put some words around it and then put shaking my damn head. You think that shit is revolutionary? Does that make you conscious? Because you was the first one to put the meme up or you reshared this meme about, look at how they doing us. And, oh, white girl went up missing and 14 black girls and nobody said nothing. Shaking my damn head. That's what consciousness has become. Who can out-meme the next nigga? Now, now listen. Listen where I'm going. These are the same people who post all these memes about 9-11 was fake, Sandy Hook was fake. Well, did you ever stop to question if any of these other stories were fake? Aren't you the same people who talk about how media lie? Or are you just doing that just to join the bandwagon? What I'm trying to say is that we do not think. Here you got Hollywood that's got this CGI technology that's off the chain. They can they can create an image where your mama will be in front of you doing backflips and dabbing and, you know, and you'll think that's really your moment, and it ain't nothing but a, but a hologram, holographic universe. And we run and we react to every little thing they put out. Now there's a story about the brother who supposedly committed murder right on Facebook. Now, now they're saying he killed himself. All I'm saying is, did you ever stop, even if you if you paying this shit any attention? If you're paying some attention and you're moved by it, let me ask you this. Did you stop to consider the possibility that it's all some bullshit? I just told you, going all the way back to the Roman government, nothing but a history of lies, lies, 
manipulating the people, lying to the people, controlling the people, controlling the information. That's why I gave you all that historical backdrop. Because I wanted to show you that it ain't nothing new. Lies and deceit. But see, this is another symptom of social media-itis. The rush to be the first with the scoop. No contemplation, just reaction. See, they created this thing called YouTube, and they give you a chance to be a star. You can get in front of a camera and talk, and you can, you can fulfill all of your narcissistic dreams. You can see yourself on camera and talk and listen to yourself. Talk, 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 talk. You don't take no time to sit back and think and be quiet. I want to recommend an excellent book. And the name of the book is called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World that Can't Stop Talking. Very timely book. Let me read you a little passage real quick. The field of psychology also began to grapple with the pressure to project confidence. In the 1920s, an influential psychologist named Gordon Alport Allport created a diagnostic test of ascendant submission to measure social dominance. Quote, our current civilization, end quote, observed Allport, who was himself shy and reserved, quote, seems to place a premium upon the aggressive person, the go-getter, end quote. In 1921, Carl Jung noted the newly precarious status of introversion. See, this word was created. In the early 20th century, Young himself saw introverts as educators and promoters of culture who showed the value of the, quote, the interior life, which is so painfully wanting in our civilization, end quote. But he acknowledged that their, quote, reserve and apparently groundless embarrassment naturally aroused the current prejudices against this type, end quote. What is he saying right here? He's saying that he recognizes the value of people who know how to shut the fuck up and be quiet and think and contemplate things. But what happened was what was introduced in uh, the United States or Western civilization in the 19th century or the 20th century was the culture of character or the culture uh, of personality. And the word personality means mask. All social media is about is about who you're what's putting a mask on. Your representative that you want people to see. Oh, look at my swag. Look how knowledgeable I am. Look how deep I am. Look how spiritual I am. I'm going to be the first one with the scoop. Sometimes you need to disappear. But let me say this too, though. I'm glad for all the reactionaries who are reacting. I'm going to tell you why. Because I know that this social media thing is the number one data mining machine in the world. It's a great psychosocial testing module and it's broken into various platforms to appease any version of your ego, any version you want, any version you got, they got something for it. 
So check this out. All these reactionary people, they are helping to give the impression that everybody is still asleep, which is good. Just like when I tell you we went up in that lodge in Indianapolis and that white dude think we were some old dumb stepping and fetching niggas, it was good. It was great because we got information. It's good for all these people to be reacting and posting all the memes and shaking my damn head and WTFs and all this. It's good. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to that few of you out there who are those priests, those deep thinkers, those enlightened ones. I'm talking to you because you're the ones who matter. You're the ones who matter. I want to make sure that you are controlling your energy because you are the remnant. You are that 144,000, that small remnant. And, hell, it might be, for all we know, it might be 14,400, the way things go on these days. There ain't many left who are awake. Most of the people who think they are awake have only gone to another sleep chamber. It's very dangerous, and this is, what Sister Zeta was saying when we last time we talked. It's dangerous. It's more dangerous to have a little bit of information than it is to have none. Because, see, people who have a little bit of information and don't realize that they only have a little bit and think they got it all figured out, they are very detrimental. Because they go out and they say, oh, I'm a master teacher, and I'm a this and that, and I'm going to lead my people. And they have limited knowledge because they've shut themselves off because they think they know every damn thing. So that that it's more detrimental to have a little bit of knowledge and think you got a lot than it is just to be a complete idiot. So getting back, it's good that all these people are doing this to keep us cloaked. But it's important that those of us who really, really, really are seeking and who are hungry for results to keep our minds clear and not get sidetracked. I heard a brother today. I'm not going to say where I heard it from. He started off something talking about people always talking about this and that is a distraction. He's like, distracting you from what? What you niggas doing? It's like, no, bullshit. It is a distraction. And it's distracting you from what your ultimate goal is supposed to be. I'm going to read you what your ultimate goal is supposed to be. I do this all the time, and I'm going to reiterate it because it's just that important. Matthews 10 and 34. And this is written in red ink, so you know this is supposed to be Christ speaking. Matthew 10 and 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. That's Christ speaking. He came to bring a sword. That is what 
you're being distracted from, from developing and sharpening your sword. That's your purpose, to cut this shit up with your mind. So that's my little soapbox message for this evening. I had some other stuff. I was going to go into some detail about some of the different things that came out during the 20th century, the inventions and so forth. But the bottom line is this. This year that we're in adds up to the number one. All right? I'm going to go back because I think it's just this profound. And I want to touch on this one more time. Adds up to the number one. Listen to this. Revelations 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Now listen to this. I'm going to reiterate this. I know I said this in the beginning. I'm going to say it again. This is a creation story. Satan being bound is a story of you and the real, the force, the melanin, the mishmash, the occultum, whatever name you want to give it, being trapped into a three-dimensional reality. This is the story of you. The devil is those who lived, lived in another world. Satan is Anubis, On, On, John, Ionis. On means first. Sat means essence. First essence that lived somewhere else got trapped. Now the number thousand thousand years is a one. This is the thousand year. 2017. Satan is supposed to be unbound. And that is why this social media thing is being ratcheted up big time. Got to keep you asleep. And while you are asleep, I must merge you in with my technology. Augmented reality. I, that's, that's why I went through all that about this fourth industrial revolution. It's subtle is what I'm trying to tell y'all. It is subtle the way that they will start to colonize your mind if you are not being vigilant and guarding yourself, if you allow yourself to be swayed by every little thing they put out here, and if you pay attention to all of that, you will be put in the sunken place. Maya Angelou had a quote. She says, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. Now, you done talked about how much they lie, all their tricks, how they deceive. But every time they put something out, you believe it. And you react to it. You think a crackhead blew up a bridge in Atlanta? Phone lines are open. 
the anatomy of social media. Five six three nine 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 three seven three eight. This is Tips and Tricks Tuesday. Brother Jamal sitting in for Blackwater the Meta Magician live on First World Order Radio. Press one if you're on the line and you got a question or a comment before we get out of here. What's on your mind this evening? Miss Purpleist, what's happening? I say, I say. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I, I'm doing. I'm, I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing. It's funny. I've been listening to Bobby Hemet and playing one of his um, YouTube's, and he was talking about the same exact thing you're talking about. Tips me out because mm-hmm. he was giving some like the '90s and the '80s and realities and cloning and you know he's just I don't know he's a Bobby is the man. But my question that I have mm-hmm. this evening: Who is um, Nimrod? Nimrod in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Nimrod was in the land of uh, Nod. Nimrod would be another version of Osiris, if I remember correctly. I think Nimrod was in the land of Nod. That's the, that's the underworld. Let me so... Nimrod. So let me ask you this: Is his name? I'm thinking about Nympho, Nymphomaniac. Does Nimrod have anything to do with? Because those words kind of have the same roots. Nimrod and Nymphomaniac. Nympho. Well, Rod. Anytime you got Rod, you're talking about the same as the sword. You're talking mm-hmm. about the 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 phallus. That's a that's a phallic reference. Nim. Uh, let me look that up. Nimrod, yeah, because you know nymphomaniac. Mhm. Well, let me let's 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 look. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look in the Strong's Concordance real quick. See what they how they break his name now. Fifty two forty eight. See if we can decode this on the air. Nimrod. Arrow. Oh yeah. There you go. It is. It's a phallic reference because his name means uh, the mighty hero or the arrow. You're right. So he would be a phallic, a phallic re- uh, deity or reference. Mm-hmm. So he'd be the same as a spear, the the sepulchre, or the um, the staff, the serpent. I'm gonna have to look. Thank you. I'm gonna have to look more into that. Thank you, though. Mhm. Thank you. Anything else you want to add? No, I'll call you later. I'm, no, I just had that question. Good information. Okay. Oh, I want to also say in in history, um, and I would say high academia, higher academia. They teach you that you know that Enlightenment period was when Benjamin Franklin and the founding fathers right. founded this great corporation of America. It's just funny. Um, mm-hmm. It never sat well with me then when I was learning it, but I just sat there and I, you know, listened. But I, I don't know. 
everything comes, you know, everything comes to play out, and all questions are answered when you pose the question. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back no to black magic because black magic is controlling the mind, controlling your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Go in. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what a cult is. Is that's that's basically what a cult is, and we are so scared. Even people in the supposedly conscious community, they're scared of the cult. You start saying a cult, and you watch people roll up off of you. Yeah, because we are, um, uh, we are um, hard-headed people, and. we put a stigmatism on learning. See, the the one of the tricks is that our conditioning has gotten us to a point where we think that learning and asking questions is a white thing. Now, hmm. how can we be so Afrocentric and talk about all oh, we built the pyramids and we were gods? But it also means that you created the concept of learning. So that means if you have shut down your your desire to learn, then you're not being true to yourself because you are the author of learning. Mm-hmm. So therefore, before you shut down something, you know you need to sit and listen and entertain it, and then say, okay, I, I don't I don't know right now. I'm going to do some research on my own. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that because we fear. We fear having to go back and reconsider what we think we already know. Wow. I never want to get to that place because I can't learn anything. Then you just shut you shut yourself down. Right. And, stop, right. and to me, you're getting ready to stop living because you figured it all out. You don't need to be here anymore. You're... Had all the experiences you need. That's right. That's right. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, anything else, Sister Purplus, you're going to bless us with? Um, I don't have anything right now. Interesting is going to be meeting the 1st of May. More information, but that's pretty much all I have right now. First of May. Sometime of the first um first week or so week or two in May. Can't think of, I don't remember the date, but we'll start working on that soon. Right on. All right, well we'll let the people know as soon as you as soon as you get it, you know, lined up so that they can have a face in the place. Okay. Peace. All right, thank you for listening in. You're welcome. Peace. Peace. All right, all right. We're getting ready to shut this thing down here in a minute. Unless somebody else got any other comments, any questions dealing with this whole social media phenomenon um, let me say this too while I'm thinking about it I'm well aware that I'm just as much involved 
in the engine as anybody else because I got a YouTube channel. I'm on this platform right here, Blog Talk Radio. This is all social media to some extent. You know, um, we are all in the matrix. Make no bones about it. We're all in the matrix. But what we're trying to just reiterate is the importance of not letting the matrix you all the way in, you know, and reminding ourselves that our goal is to dissolve the matrix and not the matrix to dissolve us. So you got to control your energy. So if all hearts and minds are clear, nobody else got anything else, you know, we're going to wrap this thing up want to um, thank again the people up in Indianapolis had a good time look forward to coming back and um, doing something even more dynamic before we get out of here see we're going to take a couple more callers here we got the Houston the Houston Connect on the line what's good What's good? What's going on, Brother Jamal? Brother Kristen, what's happening? I missed the beginning of uh, of the show, but I came in and, uh, you know, <laughs> had me rolling. You were spitting that hot fire. Had me rolling over here, man. <laughs> he said the sleep, another <laughs> sleep chamber. Another sleep chamber. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, man. But uh, but yeah, I just uh, wanted to add on to what uh, Sister Purpleus was saying about Nimrod. It reminded me of uh, the Saturday morning cartoon that came on at 10 a.m., X-Men. When they had the Days of the Future Past, they had Nimrod came from the future to the past, and he was, uh, he was an advanced sentinel, and he was, he was fucking the X-Men up, you know, um, until they were able to... I think they destroyed the, the, he had a time travel band, the same one that Bishop had, the brother that came from the future to the past. Mm. When it, when they destroyed his time travel band, that was the only way they was going to, they got him up out of there. You know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of symbolism in that right there now. Right. Yep. So that's a band. That's a circle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what? So what? What's, what's your assessment of that? What do you think that that, that symbolizes? Well, the the symbols were modeled after the Omex. It's like apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And you know they got right. the same. You know, yeah. And, and so, you know, they're uh, you know tied you know tied in with Apollo. You know that connection and that dark side and. You know, Zarbanda um, mm-hmm. and you know even Ogun, you know that black color, you know. So he was coming in, and the, the X Men was just, um, you know, they was like conscious niggas who are trying to save the earth, you know. So, but, but they were they were actually more like probably like more like Black Lives Matter type niggas, you know. They they mm-hmm. wanted to save all the, you know, all these, you know, some of these 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 people who are like fecal matter should have been swapped. Mhm. 
Uh oh. Damn, we done lost him. The uh, the broadcast timed out, so I don't know if he'll be able to call back in. Hold on one. Okay. Brother Gino. What's up with it, Jay? <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Uh, Christmas, much, uh, Christmas dropped out. I don't know if his phone hung up or. Yeah, probably did. Probably did. You know, what's so crazy is, man, I thought you were. Uh, I guess yesterday you texted back and forth. And, you know, I didn't know exactly what you were going to talk I mean, I had an idea, but not really. But it's so funny, man, because uh, mm-hmm. today I got the homie that's staying in San Antonio that I let you talk to the one time. You know, he also does the the fitness training and stuff. And so he he's very uh, receptive, man, to this stuff. And it's so funny that we all talking about this because that's exactly <clears throat> some of the uh, concepts I was using. You know, I brought up the X-Men just like Kristen was just talking about. You know, they were basically like Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> their whole thing was they was trying to prolong this reality. But as we well know, you know, you look at Apocalypse, look at uh, uh, any, any of you know, any of the so-called bad guys. And like and like you say, you know, you listen to the dialogue, <clears throat> they was dropping that real stuff. And they were talking about humanity being the evil, basically, you know. Uh-huh. And that's why they were trying, they were trying to end it. You know that's why they was trying. They were up to what they were up to because they was trying to end humanity, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and of course, so. but uh, it's just amazing, man. You know when you think about like you were talking about about the brainwashing and all of this type of stuff, uh, how they would have us believe that these are the bad guys when really mm-hmm. they're the good guys. So this mm-hmm. is another form of you know you're saying with the brainwashing. Um, Another thing I was talking to him brought up Ghostbusters, and we were talking about you remember Ghostbusters one. Now this is kind of what she was talking about too. Now Ghostbusters one, <clears throat> uh, Peter Venkman told, uh, well Dan Aykroyd's character, you know the, the, the destructor was coming. You know, Steve was coming. You know, so that's mm-hmm. and uh, you know he said choose your destruction, and he said I want you to block out your mind. I don't want you to think about anything. <laughs> And so it just so happened Dan Aykroyd's character start thinking about the fake puff marshmallows and uh, mm-hmm. and all of that. And it's just, it's just so funny how he comes on to say he was coming to destroy. He was destroying the fake puff marshmallow man, the giant fake puff marshmallow. He was destroying everything. And you know, I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. destroyed. But then from that, what does what does the destroyer turn into? A you know a um, androgynous character, look like Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look just like that. You know? Look at that like Prince. It was crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and then they said, how, you know, they were trying to shut the gateway. And they were talking about before, the whole time with the proton packs, don't cross the stream. And then, so that was the time they crossed the stream. They were able to shut down the gateway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, just, just. I guess what I'm saying, man, just, just dropping all our science, right in our faces, right. And obviously you don't know these type of things, you know, it just go over your head, but, but, but not really right. because it's in your, 
subconscious. And it's just amazing uh-huh. when you start to come into the, the knowledge of things, how you start to decode that stuff and what they was doing. That's the brainwashing you were talking about. So, yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's some deep stuff, you know. For sure. Deep stuff. For sure. Yeah. They say put it in, put it in plain sight. Put it in plain sight. You know, so, I mean, like you said, critical thinking. But if you don't really know, number one, if you don't have the two, uh, the true tools of critical thinking, number one, you know. Uh, but then on top of that, of course, really getting into the trying to find out the real truth behind. It. And then this, yes, you do that, and then now, like you know, we're the scientists. That you know, we're the gods. It's, it's up for us, to, you know, to uh, decode these things, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, man, it's, it's just um, it's amazing, man. <laughs> it's just amazing stuff. No doubt. It is. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, brother. You know. It is, bro. No, but, uh, but anyway. And I, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Go. What's that? No, I was at the end of the day, though. what you think? At the end of the day, it's still beautiful times, you know. It's, it is, bro. To be it able, is. to be able to see, you know. So, yes. But hey, uh, give me that. What's the Matthew? Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty-five. Is that what you said? Matthew On the, 10 uh, 34. thirty-four. Okay. I've been trying to look for that verse for the longest. So that's the one about quote unquote God chaining the devil. Thousand. Oh no 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 no. Oh, okay, that's Revelations. That. Revelations. Chapter twenty. Okay. Uh, okay. Revelations twenty, uh, verses one through four. Revelations twenty. Okay, got it. Okay, I'm taking <clears throat> that mental note down because every time I go into Revelations, man, I can't uh, can't seem to find it. So I know now. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, bro. No doubt. Appreciate you, man. I read it. Already, bro. Hey, man, I'm gonna, I'm hold it down out there, big time. No doubt, no doubt. We'll, we'll chop it up. You know, we have to. No doubt. Have to get, uh, get on no the doubt. horn. No doubt. You All right, y'all. y'all be All right, easy. Later. You Peace. Peace. Okay, we're gonna take one more. Uh, cause the young lion is roaring. And uh, before we get out of here. Area code nine oh three. What's good? Nine oh three. What is Jamal? Yes, sir. Peace, peace. Man. I didn't mean to be pressing the number one so much. I didn't know if you was receiving it or not. Oh yeah, we see. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You, okay. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> we all good. We all good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, man, I'm surprised in Texas. I'm really surprised. And I was uh, having a discussion with my sister. I was like, "Hell, Lizzie, we I've been walking to and fro, seeking who I may devour, and they just been there the whole time, you know." And I'm like. Mm-hmm. Dang. It's all good. It's all good. I'm. A... You ha- yeah, you had something you want to add or question or anything? Uh, get out of here. How how much time you got? 
Well, not much. We're already over on uh on the uh, on the broadcast. We timed out. So I'm, I gotta wrap it up here. Okay. Next okay. couple couple it's seconds here. Yeah, it's all good. I was just coming through the solar. It's all good. No doubt. Well we we appreciate you, brother, and uh you know, we'll be back on here next week and kicking around and I'm gonna try not to go so long so oh, we have some who, more time. We can. Who is uh doing the raps? What you doing the rap? The music? Well, that the the, the uh, intro is uh, brother Blackwater, and uh, the song at, after that, yeah, that's me on there. And on the the iTunes, correct? What's that now? On the iTunes, correct? You can find it on the iTunes, right? Yeah, Revelation, yeah. I mean, Revolution, okay. yeah, oh, it's okay. on iTunes. Okie dokie. All right, then, good sir. Thank you. No Bye. doubt. I pr- no doubt. Thank you for listening in. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. We're going to get out of here, wrap this thing on up. Once again, appreciate y'all always listening in, tuning in, and providing your feedback, dropping them them nuggets of knowledge and information. Shout out to Dr. Eileen Bay, Sister Kadira L. Bay, Blackwater the Meta Magician, Brother Fahim L., her First World Order family. We're going to be black at you one more again. And as always, you know, stay down till you get up. And when you get up, stay down. Peace. Yo, yo. Risen from the Mahafa, the reincarnation of Labib Mustafa, the king of the opera, subject of the saga, this pain in my presence. In my essence, experience through my lessons. Globe trotter, soul spotter, stargazer. Elohim, Shabaka, stone praiser. Ancient sips from the chalice, the cup, the grail. Tell the stories of my glories from the depths of hell. Oh well, as the pages of my book turn, I burn like ether, ashes in the urn. Sprinkle me, I return. As a freedom fighter, overstander, truth writer, lighter, or the catalyst, maybe antagonist, mathematicist, sacred geometric strategist, the builder, protractor, seeing panoramic views. The animist analyzing anarchist as the pianist puts melanin to scale. Inhale, tell me what you smell. This is one eye focusing through the gnosis. Meditate, levitate over primal oceans to medicate, educate over foolish notions. Now you're over.